at the end of the day, we're just a tool um, to get artwork onto a T-shirt. Our job is just to do it the best that we can. So, Welcome to the latest season of the Aussie Screen Printing Club, the podcast that's all about the commercial end of screen printing. I'm Chris um, from Black Dog Inc. in Port Macquarie, New South Wales. Uh, we are a textile screen printing uh, company and I am the printer slash owner. Yeah, wow. And what kind mm. of a week have you had? Has it been a big one? Uh, reasonable, yeah. I've had a, had a couple of mixed jobs, a couple of easy ones to start with. But um, yeah, we're playing catch up a bit at the moment, so... Very busy. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's um, we we fell behind uh, a couple of weeks ago. I got the old man flu and um, okay, yeah. yeah, and tried to rest just to knock it on its head, nice and quick. And uh, that's the downside of being the only printer. Um, yeah, but I powered through, and I think we finally just started clawing back. So. It's a really good point you make right there, I think, about, you know, kind of taking the wise decision and saying, no, I'm crook. I need to stop. Mm. Otherwise, this could yeah. go on for, for months even, you know, rather than just yep. continuing and getting more and more sick. Um, yep. But it put you back. Did you kind of try and recover by doing uh, long days? or? Yeah. Yep. You, yeah. Yeah, basically, just put in extra hours. Um, you know, as soon as I started feeling a little bit, Back to normal. Um, we would just tack on a couple of hours at the end of the day and start a bit earlier. So, yeah. Um, and I, I'm not at all afraid to come in here on the weekend if I need to. So, yeah. Um, like this weekend, we'll be doing um, screen prepping basically. So, um, which I kind of leave to the weekend. I can put the headphones on and, and get into it. So, does that prepare you a bit mentally for what's coming in the week as well? You get everything pre-pressed. Uh, yeah, yeah. So if I've got uh, pre-pressed to do, um, I can do it on the weekend. But I, I kind of prefer to basically what I'm doing this weekend is restocking the darkroom. Um, I've yeah. used all my screens up. I'll, I'll strip and um, expose. Oh, sorry, cope and have drying and sitting in there ready and you know 100 plus screens and then we can just tick through the job so when when they come through i can expose and go from there so yeah gotcha because there's nothing worse than you know <clears throat> being in the middle of the week and oh there's no screens left <laughs> that's right yeah and especially it usually happens when it's a rush order and uh <laughs> the screens you put it on you realize aren't the right mesh or uh, for the job, it's it's handy to be able to duck into the dark room and just re-expose on what you need and, and go again. So yeah, now let's mm. talk about the name Black Dog Inc. Where did that mm -hmm. come? From? How did you arrive at that as a name? Was that your first uh, idea as a name, or was it always there? No, no, it wasn't. There was another name that was like a um, a joint my wife's name and our nicknames and it, no one could pronounce it so <laughs> um i think we had it for only a couple of months and 
but like this isn't working and I had the a dog at the time which I got shortly after I started screen printing and so he's been with me in my uh, my first job he was allowed to come in there as well so um and he was our black dog so so he's the mascot uh, in a way yes he is and yeah he's the logo as well so that's cool it's a photo of him on the beach so yeah but, yeah so that's yeah. where that comes from and when mm. did it all start like you know what, what year did you get going how did you get into this what was it that sort of dropped you into screen printing uh i i finished school did year 12 and didn't know what i was doing and um my mum actually got me a job where she worked at a sportswear manufacturing place so, oh, wow. okay um and that's how i initially fell into screen printing um it was 98 i started there so yeah wow um and i was there for i'd say 13 years and then uh, they sort of run dry on on enough work to keep me there full time. So I then um, picked up some work at another local screen printer, which is more along the lines of us, um, T-shirts, hats, the works. Um, uh, did a bit over a year there and then actually went back and cut my teeth with uh, dye sublimation. We've got a... Oh, yeah, um, okay. From the original um, business, we they moved into digital, and we had a wide format printer and a, a big three and a half meter flatbed press and um, printed for up sport, panels and for, sport for sportswear. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did predominantly um, hockey uniforms, netball uniforms, um, uh, basketball. When I first started screen printing there, um, we pretty much did all but I think two WNBL teams, all their suits that they wore. I would hand print uh, every logo, sponsored names, numbers, everything on them. So, yeah, so we had that for a long time until trends changed. And, um, yeah, so uh, majority of the work was, you know, high stretch Lycra. Um, And then we moved into uh, swimwear as well, which – uh, because of the they needed chlorine resistant materials a lot of it was poly based and yeah so had to go th- go through that as well so mm. and black dog so came out a, of that yeah so basically i stuck with them uh, another couple of years i think it was a, nearly 15 years all up um and then they they had a retirement plan and um so on the side uh i i, I agreed that i would stay with them until they sold the business or got out however they wanted to and um on the side i started doing more work for friends uh local businesses and yeah it stemmed from there so um i was luckily enough in a position where i could use their screen printing stuff i was going to say um, if i needed to yeah, so a lot of I didn't have a dryer. I had a setup at home, um, but I didn't have a dryer. So then I would bring the shirts in, cure them through their dryer, and yeah, um, and it just grew from there. And finally, to the point where we said goodbye, and I was out full time 
um, running. We started, uh, I think we were at home for nine years, 10 years. And uh, we started single car garage, double garage, and then took up all three garages and, um, and then grew out to here. So, yeah. When did you move out to where you're at now? Uh, I think uh, we, two and a half years we've been in here now, or thereabouts. So um, yeah, it was around COVID. We, we sort of, <laughs> we didn't see outside basically all of 2020. We just head down, bum up. And yeah. um, we were looking. Uh, we knew we needed more space, but it was a rabbit warren. We were <laughs> ducking in, in and out of moving boxes to in order to, to get work done. So... Um, we, we knew we had to get out of there, but, uh, the, it was a convenience factor as well. Being downstairs, um, you know, we got young kids and, um, when they went to bed, uh, Aaron and I would duck downstairs and do another couple of hours and yeah. So, so Aaron was helping us. out catching and loading and stuff or what was she? Uh, no, she, so she took on the role of admin and uh, just marketing, getting orders in. Um, I struggled with it for probably five or six years and I, uh, the family wouldn't have seen me much in that time. You know, when you're not printing, you're clacking away on the keyboard. So um, yeah. making sales, getting orders out of the line and she took over that and became basically the face that people deal with now. Um, she already knew the product because it's been yeah. in our house for, yeah. for that long. So, um, yeah. So, and she's got a background in sales. Um, wow. Um, yeah. So away we went and that took, that allowed me to just focus on the printing and yeah. And, went from there basically we now we moved into here and she has her own office she doesn't have to now sit two <laughs> meters away from a hot dryer like i did so she's very happy <laughs> so yeah. just understanding that before erin came in and did that work mm. you were you're the printer mm -hmm. the quotes you're the sales you're doing the sets as well or are you outsourcing that yep. back in the day yeah. no no everything so typically then how would your day work you'd print in the daytime you do the quotes dinner time, like, you know, you just work till 10 o'clock at night. Is that what it was? Yeah, even later. Um, yeah, it was big days. We, I, I was, uh, I think we worked out in 2019 um, if you equated uh, the amount of hours we worked, we worked almost 600 days in the year. Yeah. Uh, it was, wow. yeah, it was crazy and that wasn't just me then that was Aaron as well so we were both running on fumes and um so when it was just me I would you know the kids had to go to school at a certain time so at that time um I might expose some screens and have them sitting out in the sun drying while we took the kids to school and it was just managing time um yeah. when you could fit what job in uh generally printing i really um did a lot of it uh, because you you know you got customer traffic as well coming through the mm. door mm. and you stop and you'd have to sell the product and um so a lot of the day was broken up 
in that. So you couldn't get a big run going. Um, so I'd print, you know, after dinner, print six, seven hours straight and yeah, wow. go to bed and get up and go again. So <laughs> and now, and now you got the new place, you yep. both got your kind of roles. Aaron's in a set, has got a door between you and what she yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and you, you find those hours are much more manageable now? To some extent. Um, we're still, uh, you know, you have days where um, it's like a revolving door on the front. And, you know, uh, if she can't see every customer at once. So if I have to stop and have a chat. and Yeah. Um, it, it's... Yeah, we, we work around it. Um, the kids are basically, they're what our life revolves around. So, you know, if they've got stuff after school, we already know what's coming up. So we know yeah. we got, uh, like before, we, we got set hours in order to get whatever jobs we can done. And then we know we have to come back or sometimes I'll take them home and I'll come back in here and, and doing a few more hours uh, um, yeah. and same in the morning. I, I don't mind getting up early and, and ripping in, especially in the summer. Um, yeah. Get in here and uh, before it heats up. So Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. And yeah. so what... So it's, sorry, you go. I was just going to say, you know, in terms of growth and managing hours, especially when you've got a family. Mm -hmm. My family, my kids are grown up now, but you know, obviously I've been through that stress mm -hmm. and strain and managing timing and school runs and all of that. Um, if you continue to grow in terms of volume of work, mm -hmm. what's next? Like, how do you, cause you know, there are <laughs> cliche, but there are only so many hours in the day. So yeah, yeah. is it putting on another press, getting another screen printer on that? Like, how do you think it goes next? We, we kind of weighed up all the options uh, at the moment we like the flexibility of being you know if one of the kids has something on at school something a school assembly um, we shut the doors and we go yeah, okay. and do family stuff um, people are pretty understanding the ones that aren't uh, usually the ones that are just trying to get the cheapest price anyway yeah, so right. Yeah, got it. You know, so um, we had a printer working with us for, I think, a bit over six months, and it was great. We were, uh, I was loving it. I had a day, I, I, I get migraines, and uh, there was a couple of days there where, you know, I'd have to take off, and he just kept it going, which was unreal, but, you know, it presents its own problems as well. Um, yeah. People management, so um and I, i'm i've been on my own for so long uh even at my first job i was the print department i was in a bay that was separate from everyone else so i managed all the embellishment um dealt with uh, you know the cutters uh, and that and the bosses and that was basically it. i was i managed my own area and sit in on meetings and so I've I've never had to train anyone um so that was a learning curve in itself mm. um and you know it was good it, it got me to uh, think about the process a lot of it's up here and it's all mm. automatic 
now. So um, it was verbalizing that that actually helped me as well. Um, yeah, to even work out, oh, that doesn't quite work. Now saying it out loud, there's got to be a better way. So, I mean, there's pros and cons. Uh, at the moment, we, we're happy with how we are. Um, the turnaround times can blow out a little bit, but we've been so lucky that the, the customers, I guess, we attract um, are accepting of that. So They understand um, it a bit more. You mentioned yeah. you kind of hinted about that thing that we all experience of, you know, the cus customers that often complain are the ones that, you know, want the cheapest yep. uh, uh, price on things. But you yep. managing that by controlling your pricing, you know, getting that quality, which I've seen on your sites, by the way. I mean, lots of beautiful simulated process work. It's, it's glorious. But, yeah. You know, yep. which takes you into a different level and usually a different quantity per print job, which, you know. Yeah. Helps. So you're trying to manage that in terms of how you regulate your price to get those other types of customers out the road? We have more so in the last, I'd say, six months. Um, obviously, the price of everything's gone up. So yeah. uh, we had to we had to relook at our pricing. Um, but we it came from a customer far north Queensland um, said, uh, after we'd done the job for him, said, by the way, just out of curiosity, the um your price you're way cheaper than everywhere else and we're like yeah okay so and it's not what we are about i was never um i don't want to be the dearest but i want to oh. how the price reflects the quality of product that we put out and and that's how i was trained in my first job we were an elite um sportswear manufacturer in Australia that, um, you know, made the Olympic uniforms for three years at the three Olympics that I worked there. So um, I got that embedded in me that, you know, it's, it's quality. Um, the price should reflect the quality. We, we discovered ours wasn't uh, compared in comparison. Um, and we amended that and it did weed out a lot of them. Um, the the tire kickers so um which is good hard, yeah. did you find that hard to do because you knew you were losing customers or was it, it hurt it hurt yeah. because i like to i always i tried to help everyone that was initially that was a part of my um mission statement basically i i wanted anyone to come through the door and be able to access good printing basically so um i had no minimums at the start and then i realized yeah. that was you know that that hurts um uh the amount of time pre-press is where you start hemorrhaging money so um yeah. especially when you start getting into the sim process um so we we still like and you will always get customers everyone that comes through the door, uh, 90% of them wouldn't understand the process, um, the amount of time that goes through. So mm. um, we basically, 
we learned to say no, you know. So um, we upped our minimums for sim process and uh, that helped with uh, we didn't have to drastically increase the prices, um, mm. but still we're able to offer it to people as long as they could up their their minimum quantities and it's a, a case of you scratch our back we'll scratch yours so um, well, make it a, well, sorry. Go. sorry i was going to say make it attainable for as many possible and many people as possible so yeah that's a good sort of noble cause i, I feel like regulating it on price but on minimums is the key so we held, we tried to hold back on um, price increases when everything started going up just by increasing the minimum. And we just cut out so much dross in terms of those types yeah. of customers you're describing. So what would your yep. minimum be for like a simulated process? Uh, so we're at uh, 30 units, I believe, for... Um, uh, I'd have to ask Aaron, but it, it ranges from six to eight colors, perhaps, and then anything higher than that, then we up the the minimum as well. But you know, majority of the jobs we do, and majority of sim process jobs in general, you, you can knock out in seven to eight colors. So, yeah. um, and then the we've still got you know single colors minimum is ten. Yeah. Um, uh, one to two colors, we will knock them out, and it all comes down. It's um, it's relevant to the job, uh, you know. If, yeah. Yeah. If uh, some jobs might be only one color, but uh, in order to achieve the best possible result, uh, say it's got a heap of half tone work in it, and it's on a hood, and you don't want to blow out that half tone, and um, then we would make it two screens, you know? So um, discuss that with the customer and yeah, basically be transparent up front with them. And the ones that stick around are usually the ones that uh, want the quality, want the shirts that mm. pop and, you know, mm. and that's what we inadvertently fell into the high color market um the niche of simulated process and that was because i was interested in it um i enjoyed separating it or attempting to separate it initially so you know yeah yeah so i learned a lot um working closely with a good friend of ours who's an artist and um he could see like, he would give me art and I'd see how far I could go with it and, and slowly raise the bar more and more each time um, to the point where now I'm confident enough that I can get it pretty close and minimize colors for the customer. Mm. So, mm. Um, so, so it's a balancing act. You're separating in, um, you're doing it manually, so to speak, in Photoshop or, yeah. And yep, you're sp yep. spinning it out to, what rip are you using? I have uh, AccuRip, but I only use it for the density of black, basically the management of the ink 
Um, mm, I, yeah, I bitmap everything in Photoshop and convert it to halftones prior to it. So I can kind of um, get a rough visual of how it'll link together. And we've started actually using that process as well to um, provide mock-ups. So customers have a closer look at how idea. it will look as a Simpro, Simpro print. So um, visually, you know, uh, it's it works, but, you know, it's it's still on a monitor um, and 90% of the time they're looking at it on their phone. So <laughs> Yeah, right. So you can't see the half you know. tone anyway. Yeah. Nah, no. I think that's so. a good idea, though, because, you know, often mm. we get sim process and someone will provide a, you know, a beautiful piece of artwork that's been really well designed. It's got fantastic um, half tones in terms of merging from one color to another. Mm -hmm. And they expect the T-shirt. You know the colors have got to be right no questions got to mm. pop but they ex yep. expect the kind of finish to be something that's almost like a transfer right like a super exactly. they're kind of thinking yep. that in their head rather than mm. something that's actually artistically in my view much more beautiful partly because of the mm. way it's put together um yep. and no one's complained about it but i know their expectation is more of a super color transfer and so yeah yeah, that's a really good idea. At least, kind of putting together the half tones, um, in the separations together, so that they can see that they kind of yeah. zoom in and, and and have a look. That's great. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a little bit more. It's an extra process, but um, I don't. I think it's peace of mind for us for that particular reason. Um, unless they've come in here and seen physically uh, what a halftone graduation is um, yeah. a series of dots and um, which visually, you know, two metres away is a smooth gradient. Um, yeah. But when they look at it in front of their face, uh, that's, that doesn't blend right. But, you know, it's, it starts out as that and then you start um, upping your resolution and your yeah, LPI and send, I'm I'm trying to see how far I can go with it. So, how high um, are you up to now? What LPI are you putting out? I've done one job at, at ninety, and I I feel that uh, I lost a good chunk of the really fine dot, um, and it almost uh, it, it exceeded my current setup basically so i've stepped back a lot of the really fine stuff i'm doing at the moment is 75 lpi and it's comfortable i can expose it fine prints good um i had to learn a few things when i when you go up to those sorts of uh, lpis that you know you start dealing with then um oversaturation of certain colors because it is so fine Visually, the reds will look like they're just too strong. Um, so then you've got to knock that back in the separation. Um, so, it was, you know, it, it's an ongoing process. So I get people asking me all the time, can you teach me how to do this? And I, mate, I'm still learning. <laughs> yeah. But it's, every job's different. So yeah. there's no, there's no uh, one one size fits all so 
So but you're able to look at a piece of artwork now and actually think, right, I actually need to pull back on the red on that artwork when I spit out that that bit of film um, because you know how it's going to work on press. Yes. It seems to me the benefit of doing both. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, and it's only come with just many, many prints um, and printing it myself, uh, seeing what the end result was. I've had jobs... Uh, one which was meant to be a nine-color Simpro job, and it actually took me 21 screens to achieve the desired yeah. result. Um, you know, I had to keep going back, and um, you know, and it's trial and error. Um, That's make testament. mistakes. Testament mm. to your your concept of quality, though, isn't it? Like I know yeah. that on a manual press, especially, there's a certain amount of adjustment that you can make in terms of the mm -hmm. hits and whether you are going to flash between those colors and how much mm -hmm. ink you're allowing to build up and so on. But yep. there's a limit to what you can correct. You know, if the artwork mm. hasn't, if it's, you know, at the, at the artwork level, it's not quite right, but to be able to kind of perfect that to do mm. 23 screens to get mm. an eight, 10 color job. I mean, that's, that's real perseverance. And yeah, just, yeah. as I say to the quality of what you're trying to achieve. Even oh, if your customer bit... doesn't get it, right? <laughs> no, no, they wouldn't, and you know, they wouldn't understand if I told them. You know, um, but I'm I'm a little bit stubborn like that. So um, it's good. I, it's good to have. Yeah, I think it's helped us, um, but it's also <laughs> it's probably hurt us in the pocket. But <laughs> you know, but it's it's got us our name. So yeah, yes. Yeah the ultimate plus i guess so mm. i guess when you're on that continual learning curve that you're describing mm. and yes. you are in control of the output and quality of the actual print and you are in control of the artwork which is going to contribute to that you mm -hmm. won't have too many of those well i just needed nine screens but i've done 23 you know it'll, mm. it'll start to pair back and you you kind of dial it in and so that you know, allows you to get that quality first time. Yeah, know, yeah, and it's it has got better, but there's still. I had a job um, last week that uh, I just wasn't happy. You know, the the highlight was too strong. Go back, fix it, and go again. It's just, uh, yeah, every job's different. I'm still uh, there's a purples seem to absolutely kick my butt so um yeah. i'm i'm getting better at and that's sim process blends of reds and blues um rather than adding a a spot purple um yeah so i've i've actually started to look at those jobs now and go ah it's got a purple maybe i need to add a standalone purple just instead of trying to be a hero with it so yeah yeah forcing nine because it there's a point where you can't actually get more out of what you've got unless you add no. the purple or the turquoise or whatever it might be. That's right. Yeah. Or a flesh tone or, you know, yeah. so there's some jobs, you know, the, there's one in particular I ended up scrapping. I had the uh, flesh was made up red, yellow, white and black and it just didn't work. So I, I had to scrap it, reset it and, the face just was a standalone flesh stone and then added the shading and highlight to it. So, 
um, yeah, it's you know there are limitations, and that comes to comes down to the I guess the color gamut, the the inks themselves as well uh, yeah. are a fixed fixed yes. um, variable. Um, <laughs> Fixed variable. So, yeah. yeah. A fixed variable that isn't variable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's all, it's every job's different. That's the first thing we say to customers that come in and let us see your artwork. Um, it's, we're not going to promise anything. I've been bitten by that before. It's usually the jobs that you haven't seen. They only wanted 10 and they wanted it in two hours time (laughs) and they're the ones that will absolutely hurt you and you go home crying and (laughs) yeah Yeah, not want to come back the next day i saw obviously a lot of sim process on your insta page but there was one i think it might have been a tattoo artist had the word hope on it with this gold border and it was a Mm -hmm. lady looked like an oil painting it's kind Mm -hmm. of side shot she had a hood on, I think, from memory. That yep. was a beautiful print. That was yeah, yeah, it was really nice. I was super proud of that one. I couldn't um, wait to print it. Like, you, you, when you expose the screens, you always, you know, you get that. Um, you can see if it's going to be a good job, a good sim process job, because the the tones in it are just spot on. Um, and I, as soon as I expose the underbase, I knew. It was going to be a fun one to get on press, and it's actually for a uh, upcoming clothing brand. So, oh, okay, not a tattoo yeah. parlor at all. <laughs> no, no, and it was, um, yeah, it was a good one. It was, and surprisingly, it was only it had two spot colors, uh, and then it was only uh, red, yellow, black, and white. So, really? Mm, wow. Yeah, and wow. we've done one other that was like that. Um, a realism it was actually an airbrush um painting that a lady had done on care a tattoo artist had done on canvas and it was the same it was only using minimal colors and you just it's crazy blows my mind sometimes that you can achieve that just by you know a couple of shades so was that mm. a 75 LPI example? That one yeah. was, yeah. So what kind yeah. of mesh count would you use for that? Uh, so most of that was 120 mesh. And uh, I do my underbases on through 100T. Um, yeah. And, you know, highlight white depends on, depends on how fine. Um, will either be 120 or I've even got 140s that I've used before. So yeah, um, I tend to thin down my highlight white as well. So um, pushing through a 140s, no dramas. So, and mm. you mentioned inks, you know, other than Pantone's mm. being a fixed variable, as we said. What brand yeah, are you yeah. using? Are we talking um, water-based here or are you Plastisol or what are you running? Yeah. Uh, sim process, I use Plastisol. Uh, I haven't dared try uh, water-based yet. Um, I do want to. I just don't know if I can keep the screens open at open. that sort of, yeah, yeah um, for long enough. Um, uh, so I'm using Rutland for the Plastisol yep. and any water-based stuff, I've just started using Magna, um, which 
really happy with at the moment. Um, yeah, okay. Mm, yeah, it's uh, it's a good all-round ink and the finish is beautiful. The, I'm, I'm battling at the moment with colour matching compared to with Plastisol, but yeah. um, we'll, get, we'll get there eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we don't print anything with water base here. We we just can't. You've got the benefit of being in a humid climate. We just don't have that here. Yeah, it still gets pretty dry. I was still having issues. Yeah, um, I, especially in our shed, we've just actually closed in the skylights. Um, we had a big storm rip through, and we had skylights in, and everything was good. It got a bit hot in the middle of the day, but um, hail went through oh. just the skylights. So they replaced them, but I don't know whether it had any UV protection or what. And I was getting sunburnt and oh, really? um, yeah. And I was worried about shirts fading from sitting in the sunlight all day. So, yeah. um, and it, and it was, it was just like an oven in here. So water-based ink was just, uh, I, it's a combination of heat and, obviously low humidity um, mm. will dry it up just like that. So mm. um, I was battling pretty hard. And now that it's closed over, I mean, in the winter, I thought, oh, yeah, we'd be good. Um, but it's actually drier in here. I've got um, gauges set up everywhere um, mm. to monitor how it is. And there's some days where I wouldn't even go near it. I just, uh, we're down to 20%, no way. Right. This yeah. You know, and uh, the other issues, you know, uh, standalone printer, if someone comes through and they want to talk about a print, I can't really leave it sitting there. So, yeah. um, so any Simpro stuff is still Plastisol, but um, yeah, I'm enjoying, I, again, I'm stubborn. I like the challenge. So um as soon as I tried it, there was a few days where I walked away just, what am I doing? Like, just stick with what's easy, you know. Yeah. But then I'd come back and try again. So Yeah, and I, yeah. I like that spirit. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so do you ever kind of get to the point with doing all these sim process where, you know, a two-color job comes in or a one-color job comes in and you go, oh, yeah. That's, yeah. I like the, yeah, I did. I like the sound of that. I, I do, but funnily enough, it's those two color, one color, oh, sorry, two, three color jobs, but registration, they're the ones that do my head in more than a nine color sim process. So, um, you know, the artwork, I don't know whether it's um, because it's straightforward and it's, I don't know, I, they're the ones that give me the little teething issues. So, yeah, okay, um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. My wife jokes about it. You can do the, you know, the hard ones. But, the really hard and stuff. Easy, yeah, easy one comes through. You always pull your hair out. So okay, but, that's um, amazing. Yeah, no, it's yeah. I do have days. I, I often, um, you know, there's there's times when I look at the shelves and there's nothing but sim process and I'll go hunting and looking for a one color job just yeah. to have a bit of a bit of a break. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. We often joke that we've created a bit of a monster, but it's, um, it's fun. It's, it means, it, yeah. And it's always dynamic. Every 
the artwork that comes through here, like some some of the talent that we've seen is flooring. So um, yeah, nice. to to get a chance to print that is amazing. So really enjoy it. And your market now, what are we mm. talking about? You mentioned clothing brands. Is that typically what you print for? Or are there bands or anything else? Uh, it's a it's a full mix. It, it, uh, our, our market is just uh, good art, um, high coloured art. Seems to be you know it could be breweries, bands, businesses. A lot of tradies at the moment are um, getting the shirts that they give away to people. And just yeah. going that little bit extra. So, um, yeah. So we we've, we've been um, working more on that. Uh, I think there's a the market. You know, they they hand them out and everyone wears them because they look just that little bit more special. They they wear them with pride. So they're actually advertising their friends' businesses when they go to the pub or you know. So that's sort of very big value to their brand by printing this great artwork as well because it associates mm. you know great artwork with their brand even if they're yeah, trading yeah. as you were saying which yeah. is actually a very clever piece of marketing for them mm. yeah exactly so they've you know obviously tattoos are, um yeah been on the pulse for some time and um just about every man and dog got artwork walking around on them so um we've seen that transfer to t-shirts not just from tattoo artists but from the people that have tattoos you know uh, they like the art um so then they'll get something flashy drawn up for their business it doesn't have to be for their business brand their logo um it's just a standalone t-shirt design so and I think there's a um, not everything should and can go on a t-shirt. I think a t-shirt design is a t-shirt design. Um, something that you've just pulled off the internet isn't necessarily going to look good on a t-shirt. So um, being able to work with them and design something that looks like it's meant for a t-shirt is um it gives them flexibility. Um, the few artists that we work closely with, they uh, are very good at putting little Easter eggs in to their designs. So they'll talk to the customer and say, what's important to you? Uh, what makes this personal for mm -hmm. you? And, mm -hmm. and they'll put little elements in. So being able to um, offer that is uh, means we're not sort of locked into any one particular niche um which is good it's it's spreading um we can we kind of just put out there what what we can do here uh, at the end of the day we're just a tool um to get artwork onto a t-shirt so yep. um our job is just to do it the best that we can so um yeah it's you know, we were we were in the barbecue scene for a long time, and that's where I really cut my teeth with separations. Um, and you know, to be honest, I got sick of printing flames and and meat. And 
But from that, I got very good at my blends for reds and yellows and, and blacks to make a beautiful brown. So, um, yeah, that just come from repetitiveness. So. It's, it's interesting you describe what you do as a tool between the art and the T-shirt because mm. and what, this is one of the things I love about screen printing. It's genuine art. Uh, mm. In a sense, that you're dealing with art, somebody's artwork, yep. but also you're, it, there's an art. It's almost a Gnostic, you know, yep. art to make that work on a T-shirt, particularly with a sim process. But there's also a science sitting in the background of that around mm. what inks will we use, you know, what thickness of, of um, um, emulsion over mesh are we going to have, you know, what mm-hmm. screen am I going to use and so on, and how's the artwork output. And I love that there's a blend of art mm. and science to some degree on that, that you're trying to battle with always, you know, to get yeah. it just right. Um, yeah. So it's a tool, but it's an amazing tool, right? Yeah. You a, still need to, no, you still need to know how to use it. So yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, I'm, I'm probably more, I've got a good mix of um, creative mind and mechanical mind. So um, this I just fell into screen printing and this is the perfect um, area to be if you've got a brain that's sort of half-half, you know, um, because you, you often need to build jigs or, um, you know, there's measurements you, you need to get. If you don't get them right, if you don't set your press up right, um, then you can't get that creative side to happen as well. So, mm-hmm. um you know, so Speaking of presses, is that an MR mm. I can see behind you? Uh, yeah, yeah, the uh, chameleon, yeah. And yeah, so a... tell us about that. Why did you choose M&R? You know, what, what do you think is great about it? Like, obviously, it's a top top brand, without a doubt. Yep. Um, so I was going for colours. Um, I had a, an old... Um, BMW, BNW International, um, and it was only a six color. And I often, I was getting to the point where I'd have to, uh, you know, double hit the white, never have a highlight white, um, discard the black and let the shirt color come through, drop this color out. Um, yeah, gotcha. I was, I was in need of more colors with our SimPro uh, work. Um, so I started looking into, you know, how many would you need? So I started separating, basically doing two different separations for a job, separating how I would want to do it um, and then separating it to fit on the six color press. Um, Mm. And then I got, you know, uh, a rough idea. I didn't need to go up to 12 color or 14 color. I, um, I ended up choosing a 10 color, which allowed me to have a flattening screen for hoodie yeah, right. season um and pretty much be able to achieve most jobs other than the jobs that might require a specialty spot like a, a silver or a gold or you know um so i went with the 10 color and the chameleon had because when we were looking at it we were still in our home three-car garage um so it was about the footprint of the press as well. Um, And it having the two tiers meant 
the overall footprint wasn't any much bigger than the press I currently had. So, um, which is the reason I went through um, M and R, um, went down that path. I, I spoke to a couple of people that I saw on Instagram that had chameleons, and I picked their brain about them. And uh, the only real thing that uh, negative comments were it's so heavy uh, to to spin it you know because they're so well built um they're they're over engineered for a screen printing press but it means you know i could stand on the arms and someone could push me around if i want yeah so that as well was a um you know usually when stuff's heavy it's built well and it's using good material so um yeah that was the reason so i went the 10 color six platinum and um yeah i i absolutely love it it's um took me a bit to get used to um just, just having the two tiers it, yeah yep i think that's uh, the only two tier press available isn't it from m and i don't know of any others no yeah that's the only one i've seen i i, I can't even I, I think I might have seen recently a, a Chinese right. two-tier thing on eBay pop up. Um, but other than that, I, I can't say I've seen another format like that. So, um, And uh, initially, I, I found the top tier to be a bit more of a, a hindrance because I had to constantly be reaching up higher and you got to pull it, make sure the gate's lined up to to drop that tier through. There's okay. a there's an op- opening between there's five down the bottom, five up the top, and so on that six head on the base is where the top tier can slot in. Yep. Um, and it took a bit of getting used to, and I, I mean everything, nothing had bedded in yet, so everything was the micros everything was still nice and new and um if anything they still had a little bit of movement so i had to be careful couldn't push it too hard um, because i might pop it out of rego um dropping it down and not getting it in that gate i I would just clunk it in like my old press and then bang the first i think the first two sim pro jobs i did on it i did that twice and had to clean out the ink and re align everything because mm. it was a middle color and it was a nightmare it was um so i learned pretty quickly to just take it a bit easier and um get it right and yeah but, what other equipment um, are you running are you running mnr for your oven or flash or no i wanted mnr for the oven um but i it was in that peak time where I just, I'd ordered this thing just prior to COVID. Um, so it was already getting um, built and shipped over. And then I could not, the, the waiting list because printers yeah. went gangbusters. Um, it, you couldn't get machinery. Um, there was a waiting time and we Initially, we had just taken the keys to this place. Um, I had nothing set up in here. So it was a gamble. Do I get the weight 
and get an oven and keep using. We had a, a little old um, ad tech, I think it is. And mm -hmm. um, do I keep using that and just wait? So I ended up going down the path of contacting uh, GJS and they had a dryer and they said, we can get it to you in a couple of weeks. And mm -hmm. um, so that's what we did. And um, it's been okay. It's, it does the job. So yeah. um, I think I'll, I will be upgrading sooner than later. Um, but yeah, for now, it, and it's just a um, infrared heating tubes. Um, and yeah, it kills water bases. I just holds it in the tunnel long enough for, to get a good cure. So um, in terms of flash, I got a Vaztex uh, flash, red flash. Um, I just, I had it, probably three or four years prior to even moving into the MNR. So, I, yeah, uh, what's available to me, I'll, I'll go with it if it does the job. I'm not um, I'm not a Holden versus Ford kind of guy. Yeah, I, yeah, I know what you, you know. mean. Yep. I, I feel uh, like for big shops, they need to commit to a brand, partly mm. because of the relationship around you know support maintenance and you know future deals i like yep. the idea of best of breed working finding out what really works well in your particular setup is that vastex yep. splash the one that kind of sp spins around you know there's it one can yeah yeah it's a you can get the auto flash and bolt it to this particular unit um i just never did um i just move it out from under yeah. the flash and, yeah. and it's become a it actually works quite well. Um, I've, I've now got some um, three-phase flashes sitting here that I'll be hopefully retiring that one so I can stand still. But I, I'm in two minds because the way the chameleon works and the way I've um, worked out where colours should go, I, you can actually have the base sitting, uh, the base um, carousel over here at this station which allows you to drop this one so all I have to do is print that one walk and then print the next yeah. top tier when I I'm wet. I saw you doing that. I yeah, was, yeah. I saw you moving and thinking why is he mm. moving around and printing those two colours there and then moving well, back that, but that's the reason. Yeah so it saves time doing that rather than trying to lean foot over and line up that top tier line again yeah. because it's just the way it's set up it actually if i'm um on that station there the top tier can drop in there so on five i can use six seven eight nine ten and yeah so well, you know it, it works with that technical mm. question one of those gnostic uh, secret you know black mm. art type things um simulated process let's say eight color with with the underbase um, mm -hmm. would you generally, apart from the underbase, obviously not flash the top colors or would you see how it's working and then think, well, I need to flash after this color here or I mean, how, how would you yes. do that generally? Or is it just different for every job? Yeah. Um, order by order, I, I approach it. Uh, I will test. Uh, so I'll do a couple of test prints at the start. Number of reasons to get the ink flowing. Because you, yep. you know, you, you align all the screens. You need that ink to be 
pushing through and um, to give you a better representation of what that print will look like yeah. after it sort of settles in. Um, but generally I will flash under base and I'll flash the red. Um, I just find, I don't know how other print shops do it, but I step on the red with the yellow and that gives me my uh, orange hues in between better than if I'm, I used to do red on the yellow and I just found it harsher, especially after um, the ink sort of gets to where it wants to be and you, you just get oversaturation. Uh, and now that could have been from bad printing, but um, I find now the letting the, there is natural dot gain um, and it's hard on a manual to do every print as close as possible. So yeah, uh, there's hu human error there. So the stepping on the red with the yellow, I would um, then get those orange hues better. So I'd always flash the red, and then it depends. It depends on how big the the area of ink is, um, as yeah. to what colours go in what order. And I've been trying to do more wet on wet. Um, generally, if you can control it, I find it looks smoother um, because the inks do their own thing as well and they blend. Um, uh, some jobs, it doesn't work though. Some jobs, it it looks messy. So go back to flash and after this color. And, yeah. Um, you know, it's, yeah, case by case. I totally get that uh, red and yellow mix to try and get the orange, particularly the mm. halftone grade gradient yeah. um i also find um the red rutland a very sticky ink mm -hmm. feels kind of oily more oily yeah. than the other you know what i mean by that obviously it's yeah, not oily, but it's yeah. a funny ink and yeah laying it down flashing it and putting the yellow on the top seems to work much better one of yeah. the, the gifts that you have though running a, a manual mm. is that you can just make that decision to change on press Mm -hmm. yeah you set everything up in the auto and, yeah and you've got that round the wrong way you've either got to reset those ones you know switch yeah. the, those screens out which of course nobody wants to do or you run mm -hmm. it in cycle mode you know where it's doing several passes just to get it the way you want it which slows everything down dramatically um, yeah. but you can just say oh well i'm going to run that screen after this one and you just call it you know manually when it comes around so you've got that yep. extra uh, variable of control that, you know, autos don't have just by choosing mm. a different color each time. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, um, that's kind of what I do initially as well and see, you know, if visually um, one color's sort of overpowering another, it's not blending right, then I might flip it and then print you know say yellow over green instead of green over yellow and you can yeah definitely change that on the fly um i think uh, uh having a pre-press manual uh, would be a good idea um mm -hmm. have someone that sets up the print order works out that i mean it's an extra process but 
uh, if you want to get it right and be able to then translate it straight to the manual, uh, the auto. The auto, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would definitely, um, uh, when we, if we move down the path of getting an auto that's big enough to do the sim process stuff, um, then yeah, I'd I'd still keep the chameleon and You'll run it on the the set it up on the the manual and get that order exactly right. Yeah, yeah, especially if it's a longer run, um, it's probably worthwhile doing that. And then just, um, you know, obviously having a a quick registration system would be key there. But, um, yeah, yeah, if you could get it set up, work out the print order on your your pre-press manual, then ship it straight over to the order where you go. So, And I've heard of shops, Mm. big shops doing that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, having yeah. almost a separate department that you know that moves from yeah. artwork to pre-press to on manual mm. press and then basically stack it that way card it put it over by the yeah. auto so they know exactly the order but yeah it's another huge step in the process it is yeah so you you know i guess for it to be profitable you you need to be doing bigger runs for that you're not going to battle through uh, 600 700 piece order even just um with the wrong print order you know you yeah, yeah. reset it up and, um yeah. go again basically so yeah but, mm. so um let's go back to sales erin who mm. you said there on likes to be on the other side of the camera um mm-hmm. but she's a good salesperson you know, mm-hmm. how, how does that all work? She's got a background in sales, I think. Is that right? Yeah, yep. Yeah, she worked for a number of years, um, two IC in a in a phone shop and sold yeah. and managed people. So um, you know, she's got that that skill set. Um uh, I think uh learning from uh my first job, um, the way they approach training um new employees they say they always said learn the product first you know you you got to know what you're selling so um you know so she handled that side of it the, the ordering with as color just um you know she's constantly on the pulse of what products are coming through and um then she can obviously sell that to customers so um yeah i think just having her background um was just lucky it was um it worked well Uh, it allowed me to print and her to get the orders in to print so um, and do you like obviously reputation is clearly a very big part of what you're about mm -hmm. quality and the type of work you do but do you Mm -hmm. target market like do you actually do advertising like is there any other online stuff perhaps you do like you got your instagram which is colossal yeah other things you do to get sales no no not really we've initially we've um uh, we did live printing and that again it was just getting our name out there um locally anyway and so anything we do um i mean i've i've done instagram ads before but i never really see any any of that convert to sales uh it might be one or two orders you know so 
weigh it up. Most of our stuff is word of mouth. Um, yeah. Someone gets a shirt, whether it might be some we, we print for an artist, they have a pre-sale, they go out, um, people see the printing and then go, oh, I'm going to get my shirts done through you. So um, we did a lot of live printing at the start. We did custom tagging and put our own information in as a bit of a guerrilla marketing tactic. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it, it was always there and people could look and read and go, oh, Black Dog Ink printed it. All right. And yeah. check them out. And then it would link us to our website and our socials. So um, other than that, well, because we're not, um, we're not solely um, reliant on where we are. Um, a lot of our sales is all over the country. Um, yeah. So we don't have to market locally. Uh, we don't have to put an ad in the paper or, or anything like that. Um, we still get people because now we have a shop front um, and we're not at home anymore. Um, yeah. People drive past, see the door up and go, Ah, oh, I didn't even know how long you've been here. Didn't even know you existed. Yeah, like, yeah. We we've been printing for 10, 12 years. Black Dog's been around. So um yeah, so it's um that in itself locally, I don't know. I we're busy. We're we're constantly busy. Um we're reactive, not proactive. So um I mean, I'd like to get out there and push. Uh, more to our niche that we want to print um, the high color work now, obviously we've got DTF is on the scene now and it's here yeah. and every shop is um, offering it and I mean it's a useful tool for the small runs but um, you know poor man buys twice don't they so um We'll start seeing customers soon enough, I think. And, uh, Have you been doing any, any DTF at all? Only, see, so we use it. It's very useful for us for those jobs that we set up nine screens, do sim process, and then they say, oh, I want a couple for my kids. Um, they're size six. <laughs> well, you've just ordered an oversized back print. I'm not setting up nine screens again uh, unless you want to pay for it and um so yeah dtf definitely we say yeah we can do it um it'll look a bit different and i've actually set two jobs up got the dtf transfer and the screen print and uh, i'll stick with screen printing but people are going on about it everywhere of course it's not a new technology at all, but it's certainly no, stepped no. up at a different level. I guess certain companies have got more exposure. Um, mm. And I did hear someone, I think it was Andy Rudman on the shirt show, maybe talking mm. about pressing it in a different way to produce a kind of rougher texture, mm. um, which, you know, makes it less shiny and less, less more like a transfer. And yep. I tried that. Like we occasionally do it. Um, again, same kind of deal. <clears throat> excuse me. Where our customer might want twenty, and it's a full color 
job and you know we'd normally point them somewhere else but they may be a customer we want to try and develop a relationship mm. with and we'll offer that as an option but with a lot of caveats in terms of explaining you know what is different about it um yeah but so we occasionally do it and i've started trying to pre to press i don't usually do it but just to try these different techniques out mm. and i've got a way of producing more of a kind of dimple piquet type uh, print but okay. it still looks like a dtf you know it doesn't yeah compare well with it and so it frightens me a little bit because there's going to be a whole load of people that set up and just do that and they mm. might even call themselves screen printers um yeah. yeah so i feel like there's a place to continue to educate the market um yeah we occasionally print for bands and a lot of them like good simulator process but don't our, our minimum for simulated process would be 75 um, okay. and uh but they don't want 75 and we say well maybe there's this thing called dtf oh no mm. i don't want that you know what i mean they there are people that do know that are educated yeah, in this and and say no no it's got to be a screen print which i think mm. is really good because we yeah. know that there are people that get it and understand the difference but i feel like there's a need to educate others as well as we go along to that yeah yeah, I've been told, um, you know, it's it has been around a while, but it's um, in its infancy in in terms of uh, how many people are getting it now. Um, it, it's out there. It hasn't been out there long enough that all these people have seen uh, the results of, you know, how many washes they get out of a garment, um, the overall feel of it. It's... It's a slab on the back of a shirt uh, that yeah. doesn't breathe whatsoever. So, That's right. um, I, you know, it, it is, I think it'll come around. Um, but yeah, for now, we, we do our bit and, and tell people that come through the door, we're, we're not holding up signs that say no DTF. Like it is a useful tool for certain things. We use it on hats. We love it for hats. So, um, hats you don't wash every day yeah. so yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter if there's a, a slab on on the front because usually it's form fitted and all the rest of it um, but yeah yeah soon enough the, um, it'll come back around people will realize that uh, the quality I mean it's it's hard at the moment because everything is getting dearer. We're watching these people either um, jump ship to someone that offers only DTF hmm. um, because they're saving dollars on setups or, or hmm. what, whatever. But then they're not getting a product that will outlive the life of the T-shirt hmm. um, and, and be vibrant and, and have hmm. depth. Um, you know, it, and be n nicer to wear. Um, that's my argument. I'm a, you know, might be biased on the screen printer. So, um, I feel the same yeah. about it, and I think we're we're right to be biased because it is a different quality. Like in terms of the market, in terms of the, how the customer perceives it, from their perspective, mm -hmm. it's not a different product, unless you have a discerning customer like those kind of bands. Yeah, but from our perspective, we understand the difference. 
in terms of the longevity, the, the vibrancy of the inks, as you've just said. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've really got to educate the customer so that there's almost, yes, we will do that mm. because it's only 20 or whatever it is, mm. yeah. but we want you to know this is totally different so that there is a bit of a divorce between those technologies um, in the yeah. market so that people do go, well, no, I don't really want to transfer. I actually want to, a proper screen print and that's why i came yeah. to you so i feel like and that's yet to happen but i hope it will no one really touches on the environmental impact of it either with, with the plastic the the plastic films that these are on uh, as far as i'm aware there's if you can recycle them i i have no idea where you can take them um and you know you look at hundreds of prints that must be piles of plastic that are sitting there you know and it's a throwaway item that will only last x amount of watch it's fast fashion it's a fast fashion tool um mm. in my eyes anyway um mm. yeah no one ever said i'd never see it mentioned um what about all the plastic mm. <laughs> where's it going so. a very very good point and, you know, heat pressing, although, you know, if you've got 20 or 50 or whatever, mm. and you've got that kind of need for colour on the, on the shirt, um, heat pressing isn't all that fast. You know, <laughs> like obviously no. it's going to be quicker than doing a 10 colour simulator process. I get that. But if you get yeah. to that auto stage, you are pulling one off every six seconds, let's say. And obviously mm. you want the quality be, to be right in that. But it's quite a slow old thing, heat pressing, you know. Mm. I see. I see um, the stampinators now getting used as an inline um, thing on the uh, man, uh, autos. Uh, so, geez, that's an expensive heat press. <laughs> yeah, look, we've we've just ordered one. I should just, you know, mm -hmm. full disclosure on that. We've ordered one actually for the screen printing. We mm. just don't do enough transfers. Although I'm interested in. It know, makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense to be able to have. Uh, two people there one loading the shirt one positioning the the transfer, transfer. And, yeah Someone else I, pulling it off but i yeah. think like if you speak to there's a couple of issues so you know one is the the cost of the unit you're losing an entire print head to, mm. to put it in i've heard people mm. continuing to use a flash then a stampinator you know because right. they're not quite sure whether the stamp i mean i'm yet to try all this out Mm. They claim you can get 480 an hour if you were to use um, it okay. as a heat press for, for transfers, but you really need that second stampinator at the end of the run because right. what Supercolor will say is heat press hit it, it again, peel it, and then yeah. hit it again. And yeah. if you're doing that on a on a uh, auto, you use a step back scenario. Mm. Suddenly you're not doing 480 an hour. No, that's so right. Yeah. It's a bit like having a highlight white. You know, the benefit of a manual press is you can flash it and print it with the same screen again. Mm. You know, if you're doing a print flash print, let's say on a white. Yeah, yeah. Um yep. but on a manual, on an auto rather, if you've got a good volume, you've got to put a second screen in and rego it at the end of the run. Yeah. It's a little yep. bit like that. But if we were just doing transfers, I think it would be the way to go. Mm. But um not entirely sold on it just yet, but we've got one coming. We're, we're excited yeah, about test, it. Test it out. Test it out. Um, mm. The other thing about the transfers, and you kind of alluded to it in a different way earlier, you know, you're doing a simulator process. 
mm-hmm. back print, big, beautiful image. You want to make mm. it, the customer's going to say, in most cases, they'll probably say, can you make it as big as you can? Yeah. Right? Yep. That isn't going to work for super color because you're limited, right? There's a, you can't, yeah, okay. you know, and your heat press isn't necessarily big enough. And so we use super color. The biggest mm. you're going to get is an A3. Well, yeah, right. You can go much bigger than that on your on your press. So yeah, on your on your, your screen print press. So I feel like that's an issue as well. Um, mm. But it's certainly something to to look for and keep a kind of watching brief on. And I, I feel like the big shops are the ones that truly benefit because they can actually afford um, the hardware to create the DTF right. rather than just buying yeah. it from a, a reseller. Um, yeah. So they save a ton of money that way. There is a, I think I've mentioned this before in another podcast, um, Stephen Ferrig, who runs Campus Inc. in the US. Ah, uh, yeah. Yep. Um, he and, um, oh, I forget the other guy from Printavo do a Print Hustlers podcast every week, which is yep. very business oriented. I, I really enjoy it. Um, but Ferrig seems to have invested in a ton of different DTF um, hardware to try it out. Okay. It gives a really honest... Um, perspective on the quality of the kit to the point where he just you know with some of the brands he's phoning the the brand up and saying hey you need to take this pile of whatever away it's just not good enough and it kind of made me think yeah actually at that level it's still an early technology even though Mm. people like supercolor it isn't you know yeah so yeah i guess we have to keep watching and and see what happens yeah I think um, I well, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, not too distant future you'll be able to um, purchase uh, something along those lines in, in places like Spotlight as well. Then uh, yeah, right. Okay. You know well, what I mean? Cr- it's the cricket. Uh, that's the, it. Yeah, the cameos yep. and all of that stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So you know, it's. Um, it's it's a useful tool. It, it means anyone can do it. But I, I actually had a conversation with a guy on Instagram um, over in Europe somewhere, and he he said, "Has DTF hit you guys there?" And I said, "Yep, yep, it's here." And um, he said, "I said I don't know if it's uh, a lack of skill or just laziness." And he said, he seemed to think it was in his area anyway. It was a, a lack of skill. Um, that you know this this tool is there now. You don't have to spend hours stuffing up um, to get a, a beautiful coloured image onto a t-shirt. So, mm. I mean, yeah, is the craft will always be here, but you know, is the craftsman? <laughs> That's right. And I, I liken it to, you know, if you want to paint like um, Monet or Gauguin or Bizarro mm. or someone, uh, yep. you've got to be a, an amazing artist uh, or you can learn to paint by numbers, right? <laughs> which, That's right. Which is yeah. a terrible uh, comparison yep. in a way, but it, yeah, I feel it's a bit paint by numbers. Um, mm. Just going back to one thing, because um, we were talking earlier there about simulated process and mm-hmm. um, LPI and you've, been really pushing it up to 90 and even you know we'd sit at 75 which is still really high what film printer do you use to get that kind of 
You mentioned about the um, rip to lay down more ink. I get that. But what actual yep. film printer are you using? I've got the uh, Epson Shortcolor T3200. Yeah, great. Okay. Um, so it's yep. the wide format. Um, we have the same one. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, yeah, I, I love it. Um, I went from just for so many years, I had uh, initially the Epson. 1410 or whatever yep. it was and it worked that well that I would just buy another one of them for 200 bucks and go again and I always had one spare sitting there and, yep. Yep. and I thought I was on a good thing and then finally we we purchased this one ah oh, geez it's a classic case of should have done this years ago but um yeah yep. you know the quality was still there um but this thing uh I've heard some people have might have issues with um, film stretch, but I just, you know, I never gang SIM process jobs. If I print them out, they've always got to be the same orientation. Um, yep. Yep. And, and they'll, that file will be saved. So when I separate, I separate in Photoshop, but then I'll drop it in Illustrator on a template and yep. that's where I'll rip it from there. Yep. Um, and basically how it's saved, if I have to go back, make a edit to one of the colour plates, I'll make the edit. And then even if I printed it portrait before, I will print it portrait again, 100%. even though it's wasting that film because I know yep. you Dots do get... perfectly aligned. Yeah. yeah. There is a difference. Um, yeah. So, I've heard no, about that, that thing of the film stretching. We've got the same printer. And I've heard yep. about that. I've never experienced it. But no, I did I hear haven't. one person saying to get the 60-meter rolls rather than that, the, yep. the 30s, which is what we now get. But yeah. I don't know why that would make a difference, but it seems to. I use the, I've always used the 60s. Um, I, I don't know. I guess uh, I've heard that the start of the roll could have more stretch like say if I did do that scenario and had to go back and reprint something but I didn't have to reprint it until a week or two later and there's been 10 meters gone off the roll and there's less weight in the roll um, now it will pull off with less force or I don't, I don't know I'd never experienced yeah, it so yeah um, I think you've got more, you get more play if you don't have your screen tensions right, you know? So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, I'd be more worried about that than, than that. But I did, I have seen it, uh, on the older printers. Um, I definitely, the first, I remember the first time I saw it and I was like, why is that Rego tick not mark matching up with the rest of them? I had no idea. And, um, That's yeah. It was printing, it was laying down more ink. It could come down to film as well. Might have been a cheaper film. Um, I don't know that it acts exactly the same as paper where more saturation causes it to uh, warp or, or what. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So, um, temperature. Like my time with dye sublimation on a wide format printer has opened how many painful variables there can be when printing onto roll media. So, um, yeah, I don't doubt there's, even with 
PVC film. It's it still have its issues here and there. So. Yeah. Okay. And you're using an all black system, all black ink. I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I um, I don't know why. I just I I never. Every printer I've ever owned, I never gone down the CIS system because I've worked in the other screen print shop locally and they had a die sub uh, printer with um, continuous ink supply and it always clogged, um, dried up in the line. So, and I always found if you don't play around with that and, and, uh, introduce air anywhere where it shouldn't be, um, use the factory cartridges, then um, leave it at that. It, but are you it, buying all the standard colours? I wasn't yeah, meaning to yes, but are you buying the, the, the black? No, uh, I've, but yeah, I've only got the black cartridge, 700 mil in the mat, and all the rest are still the original cartridges. Okay, from, right. Yeah, so they, you know, they purge when they clean. Um, I just never changed them out. I found that the film was dark enough. Um, and you're uh, just printing and... to the black, to the matte black. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, um, okay. I did read that you could do that and you could use Accurate Ruby to manage the um, all, all black printing, but I just, I never went down that path. Um, I think I had in my head too, I, I did get some roll media at the start that was, Oh, maybe we can print out a poster oh, with yeah, okay. a, pr a print that we print and say and gift it to and say here, there's your artwork in uh, in the box with it. So um, yeah, that's a nice we idea. Just, yeah, yeah. But I in, initially that was the plan, but this thing works so well as a film printer. I just didn't want to. Don't break it. It's not. And don't touch it if it's not broken, you know. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the, so. The, you mentioned earlier about, you know, the 1410s and, you know, just replacing mm. them and having a spare. We went through a number of different printers and, and got to the Canon one, which is super cheap. I mean, okay. They yep. took about 200 bucks. I think it's 150 or something, you know. <laughs> um, and we bought the spares. We, we still got a spare. And then we yep. upgraded to oh, something else. Another, it was a wide format. But it just mm. we just couldn't get the dark um, print really. It worked, but when we wanted to do simulate process, that wasn't going to work. And we yeah. went to the thirty two hundred, just like you. Um, yeah. Very happy with that, but I haven't got a spare one, right? Because there are a lot of yeah, money. yeah, yeah, so yeah. That is the downside, and sometimes you do think, oh, what if that does go pop? What will, I know. What will we do? I know. How long will it take? I'll... to get I always like to have a backup plan and yeah, you're right. That's the only thing I really don't, I, other than, I guess I can still pull out the old one and maybe get a film out the door, but um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, I don't think I'd ever have two of them uh, sitting no. in the office. So. That would have been a bit overkill, but it would bring some reassurance, yeah. certainly. Yeah. Um, yeah. You mentioned earlier, um, you kind of hinted, I think about autos now, mm. you know, it is a different, well, it's the same technology, but run in a different way, ultimately, you know, and also just in tandem with this question, you also were saying about, yeah, you kind of like the way it is 
in terms of you and your wife, you did have this other guy, a person printing, but yep. you know, might be easier just to kind of stay at that number of employees. Do mm-hmm. you feel like at some point, in terms of volume at least, uh, going to an auto is an option for you, or do you think you'll just stay hardcore? Um, uh, we, we have one. We oh, have, have a little. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a Chinese build. It's a little four color and it's a ten platen, and I can run um, easy jobs all day. Um, so it's great for that. That's a good I, model. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So and again, um, I just looked at space. Uh, it's the same size as the chameleon. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, and uh in terms of power it's only single phase um what this is getting yeah. better by the moment yeah so it's uh for what it does um like he'd come up it was at another print shop and we we're able to go and have a look and he we talked about it and uh, you know he said if you're mechanically minded you, you, this stuff's a base auto and you can do things to it. And I was like, that's me. I like to MacGyver stuff. So, yeah. um, so I did. I, we said, oh, for the price, we'll get it in and um, learn on an auto uh, um, and use it as a practice machine, basically. Um, and so, yeah, I know that I'll, um, on this particular unit, I won't be doing any Simpro work, but that's yeah, not sure. what it was for. It was for getting in and knocking out a thousand one color jobs and having a break for the day, you know, so. That's a um, really good idea. And is that, mm. you said it's single phase, is that fully electric or do you need, yeah? Uh, it's got, yeah, it's got air um, heads, um, but the the rest of it's all electric. So um, the it's sort of set up. It's similar to a rock in the way that the arms come down. Um, but then there's some elements that are closer to an MR. So it's, you know, it's it's a Chinese build. It's not going to last forever. But um, because of what it is, um, I have done some modifications to it, which now I can do, I can easily and quickly change from... Um, 600 by 900 frames down to 500 by 600 so and i wasn't worried about doing that to the machine itself so yeah um which is yeah it's good for me um i've learned heaps already and and yeah definitely we will go down the path of um getting a bigger one but do i i don't know if it depends um sim process is what we do um the obvious choice would be to to get something that's big enough but when you look at you know you go to an auto and you need you know majority of sim pros up to nine ten colors and you've got to have a couple of flashes and yeah they're, they're big units so they're huge. Um, yeah. that, that was the reason why we took this leap stepped into this learn this it's a big big price jump to go straight to the the top for um how many flashes and heads you needed so 
compressors the, I the think work that's a brilliant idea i really do mm. it, you know it never occurred to me that that was an option to be honest with you that's a genius yeah. idea. i've done the uh what most printers usually do and buy a cheap chinese manual i, I did it with the auto though so. yeah that's good <laughs> yeah it's yeah. very good yeah. but it works yeah yeah <laughs> it does chinese yeah. manual yeah 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 it actually it holds rego it's fine it's um it's fast enough um i i can see myself i, I like the idea of the um being able to run it at my own pace it just it eliminates this action so um i can load a shirt all day um yeah so that you know it's a breather um everyone keeps telling me i need to start taking it easy on the body but well that is <laughs> definitely a consideration isn't it you mentioned that mm. the is a heavy that particular one the chameleons a very heavy press which does mm. tend to get your elbow and arm as well as the actual physical work and i yeah, I'm yeah. not even going to talk about pushing squeegees or pulling them i know yeah, that you yeah. squeegees right so i um, i do both i push oh, push okay. all my sim process yeah yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. It's it's a good argument. I, I love when it pops up. It's a, a stir, Just find stir it easier the... to, to get the ink through a tidy mesh pushing? Uh, yes, and a little bit more consistent um, and lays down. I can control, control it better and lay down less ink, um, eliminating dot gain and, you know, over period of 300 shirts you get tired so um pulling that ink um all day uh, and i i've got a bad back i've been printing for 25 years i have a bad back so, yeah of course yeah um yeah it is what it is and someone suggested it or i might have read it somewhere for like 11 years ago um i i push the squeegee and my back feels heaps better i thought i'll try it and i hated it pushed it and thought oh this is bleh. i'd rather have a bad back um but then persevered with it um thought oh it's a handy tool it's another notch in the belt um there's some jobs and it's not a case of trying to keep the rego in um it's just some jobs it works better you can drive the ink through easier by mm. that motion, motion than than that mo you have more leverage basically on especially if it's a long print. So, you know yeah. if it's a really yep. long print to yep. keep that yeah. pressure right when you're pulling the front from the back, the back to the front mm. it's very yep. hard yeah yep. tony palmer have you come across chippy t podcast yeah i love those yep. guys I love, yep. they're great they're always having an argument about this i know i know tony it's brilliant. Palmer hates yep. the pushing um, yeah, I brought it. I brought it up with Danny and said, "Yeah, I, I love that. That causes a stir because um, most of our videos is the sim process stuff um, on socials. Uh, so you only ever see me pushing. Um, but you know, it's probably fifty-fifty. Any other job that I'll do um, is predominantly pull. So it's that yeah. big prints and the sim pro. I just." I don't know, I've got a rhythm with it now. So um, I tried a job and pulling the squeegee and it's like starting again. So 
Yeah. Um, I found what works for me. So um, that yeah. auto that you got, that Chinese one. So it's four color. Mm. How many platens was it? It's got 10, 10 oh, platens. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's overkill. Like I would have um, knocked a few out and given it a bit more room in between shirts. Um, uh, you kind of, when you're in a hurry, you can knock your knuckles on the other platens, putting, putting the uh, shirt on. But it's, I mean, it's the footprint, I think, would be the selling factor for it. The fact that it's, it's only three and a half meters in yeah, in right. diameter so um yeah so it's uh, i don't know why they crammed that many platens in um just but yeah it's that that's what they've done so <laughs> and just to dig a little bit i mean how much does something like that cost just to give people uh, an idea so i uh, brand new, so I've jumped on and had a look, and they're, they're around the mid 20s to 30 grand. Okay. I know, so so to enter the auto market. Um, but in saying that, if you know anything about manufacturing, um, and I've gone right over this thing, I've had to replace quite a few bolts that are threaded because it just the quality isn't there with um other nuts and bolts other materials so yeah um i wouldn't go into them if you bought it and owned it for i don't know 12 months or something you probably wouldn't see an issue Mm. um this thing was bought i think you said around 2020 or 2021 uh and got quite a bit of use um and I bought it secondhand and yeah, it's got a bit of wear and tear, but um, he was open with me at the start and said, look, if you're mechanically minded, you know, it's, you'd be able to fix things. And yeah, I have, I, I sat here or come in on the weekend and just go around and around it, checking every bolt and making sure everything was tight and um, checking their lines and the, just, and some of that might be just moving it from one, you know, place of production to yeah. another, and and yeah, causing yeah. it to settle and bed in, and and you know, yeah. cranking it up a bit. Um, yeah, I mean that's amazing. Twenty to thirty k to enter the auto market yeah. is, yeah. you know, that's the price of a really good carousel, you know, mm. manual carousel, right? Well, that's you know, that's ours. Ours was more than that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I mean, you get. Uh, it's all relevant. You get what you pay for in these machines, but um, in saying that, for an entry level into the auto field, yeah, definitely. But I don't know. It's it seemed like for us at the time, and to learn on, you know, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's let's get it and and see what this big bad auto world's all about. So. Yeah. <laughs> A great way of getting in and the guy you mm. the person you bought it from what mm-hmm. were they doing were they upgrading to a bigger auto yeah yeah so he, he has a taz uh bigger um and basically use this one to step back into something bigger so yeah okay. and i thought i thought yeah that's a good idea so. very good mm. idea. 
Yeah. I mean, unless you're Johnny on the spot and um, pick up a, a secondhand auto from someone, um, you know, just, oh, by the way, I'm thinking of getting rid of this. Uh, well, you can have it for this, which is kind of how uh, this one worked out. Like I was there and um, I saw it, rang him and, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, if the right one had to come up with another brand, I probably would have been stepping into that. But, um, yeah, for what it is, it does the job. And um, once I got it out of my head that, it, you know, it's not going to be the top of the line M&R and have all the bells and whistles. Yeah. Um, but, but it allows me to put ink in a screen and let the squeegee do its thing and and work through that frustrating area where I'm not able to feel what pressure it is and, and all the rest of it. And, You've got micro edge on that though, right? Uh yeah, but it's a bit it's a bit iffy. So um I've actually just made uh well in the process of making um uh, I guess like a trilock system for it um so yeah it, it should allow me to get pretty close um, yeah. but and it's only really you know one to two colors uh, the the good part about it um it is four color but i can have obviously you you need cooldown stations but i can have a flash after the print head and then you've still got all access to all the other print heads so yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right. Uh, this is a question that I seem to ask a lot, but it comes up a lot. I've noticed about mm -hmm. we've spoken a bit about Erin's role, but ultimately you're the business person. You're mm -hmm. the owner. Or maybe you share the ownership. You're a businessman, but you're also yeah. the artisan. And it sounds to me like that's what you prefer, but there are aspects of running a business that you enjoy as well. I mean, the marketing's taken care of and the sales are taken care of, but there's also strategic questions to look at in terms of growth. Mm. You know, how yeah. do you enjoy that side of it? I don't. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've been told that Erin uh, had to take control more of the business's direction because I was too focused on the printing um, yeah. to be the owner, uh, to to further us basically. So um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm the director, but um, as a husband and wife, we sit down, we talk about, um, you know, she, she will say, we kind of need to do this to do this. And, and then I can work out um, this area on how we get to, to those goals. So um yeah, I don't like it. I, I, I'm a screen printer, not a business owner. <laughs> if, if, I, so. if I said to you, you know, talking about your body, the wear and tear, your back and so on, if I said mm. to you, imagine in the future, if you had, let's say, a 12-color or 12-head automatic press so mm -hmm. you could have your cool-down stations and you could have your flashes and you could still do a good 10-color simulated process, yep. and if all your job was... Um, ostensibly moving it from pre-press to mm. on-press and registered and then you walked yep. away and yep. someone else loaded and unloaded yeah does that sound attractive I could, yeah i could do that 
yeah, yeah. I like the I like that pre-press stage definitely. Uh, I think that's the most exciting, other than the laying that first print down um, and seeing that come back to life on a t-shirt. But then it's just uh, go through the motions, really. Um, so. Uh, yeah, I could see myself doing a role like that. I, I like the idea uh, uh, that you brought up earlier of being that uh, pre-press guy that sets it up, works out the the order on the mm. manual. Yeah, and then just go, yeah, guys, set this up this way. You do the I printing. Think, I've yeah, done the art. Yeah. You do the printing. I've done the hard part, yeah. Yeah, correct. <laughs> and I, see, yeah. I the reason I mention it is I think, you know, from a strategic perspective without mm -hmm. getting too kind of um corny or business-like about it that's where you're headed i yep. think that's you know an objective in a sense because right at the beginning of this conversation what really impressed i mean there's a lot of things that impressed me about what you do and how you do it and everything but one of the things that really impressed me was mm. you got family time you said no we're going to yep. shut the doors and mm. we're going to do whatever with the kids or go to the school concert or whatever it may be yeah um and as you get too much work you can mm. put the prices up but there comes yeah. a point where you want to entertain supplying that those other jobs and yeah. the only way to move forward in that is to step up to that other auto you yeah know, which exactly this, this order that you've got at the moment which i'm quite excited about sounds mm. like that right i know how autos work thing but mm. to step up to that level without someone else doing the actual physical loading unloading and catching just means yep. a heap more work for you because the order is going to be much faster yeah learning yeah. a simulated process faster is definitely a plus oh uh, mate it's the dream isn't it it's yeah. um like yeah i i i initially wanted to jump straight into something like a cobra but um you know, financially, that's not really, yeah. Um, it's a big jump up. So, yeah, I definitely, I do like that idea. Um, and it's much easier. Well, I think um, press operators, there's still, there's still quite a bit to learn there as well. Um, yeah. uh, even if it is, is set up by someone who knows that side of it, um, they're still going to keep the machine running. So there's, yeah, there's there's definitely a learning curve there as well. Be training oh, yeah. someone. Hundred percent. You mm. run out of ink, you know. Let's yeah. say you're running a nine color and and whatever's on head six runs out of ink. Yeah, yeah. Know about it, yeah. so it's come round. You mm. must have can't reprint that. You know no, what I mean? And you've it's... lost six or eight garments in that process. And so yeah. having a, an operator that's you know can just pick out. Hang on a sec. This is getting a bit low. Let's go around and fill it up or yeah. off contact's not quite right there or the stroke needs to be heavier or whatever it is. I think that's mm -hmm. still a big one. But yeah. to be able to pull away from that yourself mm. yeah, you know, and maybe set the next one up on the manual in terms of working out the order of, of colours, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. that I think is a, a good goal. You know? mm. you can, I'll tell you one thing I have noticed about <laughs> I don't do the – I'm not a very good printer to be perfectly blunt, I came to this late and I right. cut my teeth on a manual, eventually got up to eight colours, but I'm much older and my body is 
is wrecked for other reasons, not just mm -hmm. trying, trying to screen. Not just printing. Yeah. Yeah. So my daughter does the printing and she's brilliant. She loves mm -hmm. it. She loves the arts, loves the science and really, you know, can do complex prints and set them up pretty quickly, which is also helpful. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I've noticed is when we're under pressure, we'll have her loading another person unloading another person catching which is our standard setup okay but if we're really pushing them out she actually has not got time to check the quality of the print yeah and so yeah. we're reliant on the person unloading to spot things yeah. instantly if it's got to the stage where it's the person catching that sees an error we've lost 20 t-shirts right yeah so yeah that's a real nightmare and slow mm. you know slow it down we've got to we don't want 600 now let's get 300 or whatever but yeah and just get them get them right yeah mm. and uh, we found that hard because for us the pressure of more and more jobs which is kind of what we want but we want to be like you a bit more selective about it mm. yeah um, but we also want to grow we have the pressure of of paying for more people um we do want to kind of turn the speed up a little bit and get get them out but regulate that quality but i never thought about that because when you're manual mm. you lift lift the head and you're looking at it and you know straight away yeah right yeah. that actually highlight white something's not you know i need a the mesh didn't clear or whatever it is mm. you can instantly pick it up but you can't on an auto and if you can't if you haven't got time to see that garment coming out before it's unloaded anything yeah. can happen so yeah something to to think about but at least strategically envisaging so that you can plan to get to that next mm. stage in terms of um you know clearly you've got all the screen printing right the artisan aspect is is you know superlative when you look at the quality of the garments and you know i'm just super encouraged to talk to someone like you <laughs> and i spoke to to shannon who's also in that arena hard last six, time yeah. Nile six yep. yeah he's a good bloke yeah he is sound sound as a pound mm. um and they're all they're in the auto world as well but yeah um i think that's coping with the growth i think that's, right. that's the way to go um so that you don't have to wear your body out loading and unloading and yeah and definitely quality. yeah yeah i i I know it's a smart option and it's definitely uh, the hardest thing is going to be for me to let go of certain things. Uh, uh, I know that. Um, I've been told that, <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> over and over. So, um, and that's classic. But, it's not, that's not unusual. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, you, no, own, no. you build, you know how it works. You like it done in a particular yeah. way and suddenly yeah. someone else comes along and they don't quite do it that way. And learning to let mm. go is, is the hard hard thing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all about growth, I guess. Uh, um, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, get of course. There. And mm. how is it working with your wife? Or maybe I should ask your wife that. No, it's, no, it's good. We're good mates. So um, I think we, we always have had uh, happy banter, like, even if, Say we might enter the shop after an argument, it's gone. We're we're back to doing what we love. So that's um, nice. And do you yeah. shut off when you go home, or do you? 
No, no, we're in a bad position where she'll she'll be clacking away on emails and I'll be separating artwork or something. Okay, all right. Well, it's still, yeah. it's still working. Uh, we're not just well, yeah, we're, we're still together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, no, there's some nights we, we'll switch off and just throw a, um, a series on, binge watch something. Or, yeah, nice. So, um, we've got our hands full with this uh, new puppy at the moment. So it's been early to bed and early to rise. Um, yeah, just uh, sort of moving objects it seems to be 90% of our day that he can't chew. So, <laughs> running across, yeah. I'm sure yeah, the kids yeah. love it. I noticed some yeah. of the Instagram, you've got your kids featured, they're kicking footy balls and smashing two yeah. boxes. That's great. You'd often Mate, don't see love... that side of a, a print shop, you know, the family, yeah. the dog or whatever. It's pretty yeah. cool to, to see that. Yeah. They, I was worried that um, when we moved in here, we were like, yes, we can finally separate home from work. Um, not the case because we got busier. Um, mm. But the kids love coming in here. They've got, we said, right, we, we can bring some bikes in here and some scooters and we've got all their things in here and they can ride around out the front and they you know, uh, the AS color basketball hoop keeps them occupied. Um, so it's, yeah, it's good. They actually, our youngest, he will burst into tears because he doesn't want to go home when we're leaving here at night time. So, um, he wants to stay and play. So, um, yeah, which is is my, is my play place. Yeah. 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 Which is good because I had, uh, memories my grandparents owned a dry cleaning business for many years and I have fond memories of lying in baskets and, and <laughs> weaving in and out of people's clothes and hiding playing hide and seek all around it so um, I like to think that they'll remember this space oh, yeah. when they're older so laying down memories and do you think mm. uh, your kids might be interested in getting involved in the, the working side of it no, I hope not. <laughs> to be really? honest, they uh, look. There's, they're all very clever. Um, they, if they want to do it, then go for it. But I'm not going to say, oh, this is this business is sitting here for you to take on when you're older. Um, they're all got their own unique traits. They all love art, which is, yeah. I don't know whether it's a product of growing up around it. Um, but they all like to draw, paint, and uh, and creative art. So you know, uh, I don't know. They all know how to screen print, but uh, will they do it for a living? I don't know. I'm not going to push them. So no, of course. Uh, yeah. yeah, but it might be a bit of succession planning. If oh, it'd be nice. To, yeah, when they want it. something, when they want something, yeah, we've we've they've got a, a rate per piece if they want to fold and they need to buy something yeah we're happy to pay them to fold shirts and they do a good job so yeah yeah that's, so, that's lovely um yeah if you had to i mean your journey into screen printing started you know in another part of um uh, decorating apparel and you, mm-hmm. you kind of grew into it but if you had to chat to someone that was just starting up you know, mm. didn't know anything at all, was YouTubing it or, you know, trying to get on a course somewhere, which is, yep. is quite hard. 
what sort of advice would you give them if they're just starting up starting up in business as screen printing not just learning it as a hobby yeah okay i would i wouldn't recommend jumping straight into it um i I would go and see if you can pick up some work somewhere um it's much more financially acceptable to ruin someone else's t-shirts than (laughs) the ones you paid for you know yeah Yeah. Yeah. and and still get paid and get to go home and (laughs) brush that off we'll start again tomorrow um no i'd definitely go and uh, learn at another print shop if you can Uh, start at the bottom uh the worst job in our industry is cleaning reclaiming screens but it's probably one of the most important so if you don't get that right then you can't get those crispy films half tones and you know slight little bit of crap in the screen and Mm. when you're doing 75 lpi screens Mm. you end up with a a face that looks like they've got a big pimple on the end of the nose because something hasn't blown out, you know, so, which I've had happen. So, um, yeah, go, go to another print shop, walk in, just uh, offer to help even. Don't have to get a job. Um, most, most print shops that I know are pretty approachable. They, um, and everyone needs help at the moment. So it's hard to find good staff. Um, I've got 50, 60 odd screens sitting over there that need cleaning, which I'll be getting to later. So, um, you know, if someone walked in tomorrow and said, can I clean them and you don't have to pay me and I just want to learn about the process then I probably would take it on board. So, um, it'd give you a good, good starting point. See, I, I, I may have started in a different area. It was still the textile, um, screen printing industry but I also did that 14 16 months at a proper screen printing shop on top of that I was also helping another print shop throughout my time was located in the bay or a couple of bays across from us and I learned how to do stickers in there and core flute signs and and stuff so the um, little bits of experience as much as you can will only help you with your business. Um, unless you can, if you're starting a t-shirt business and you've got someone that can do the printing, then that'd be the easiest way. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, there's a lot to learn. Um, you can do it. You can throw ink through a screen quite easy. It's, I always tell people it's an easy thing to do. It's a hard thing to do properly. So yeah. yeah. Um, the nature of it is just pushing a solution through holes in a screen onto a garment, um, but done wrong. And that's exactly what it looks like. Just crack push through a screen onto yeah. a shirt. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's a, a videos are good. I, I still watch them. I still listen to everything I can and still, pick up new things um mm. yeah if you think you'd I had a friend say to me the other week if you think you're the smartest person in the room then you're probably in the wrong room yes you know yes. so um yeah and if you take that on board and 
get into it, you're never going to know everything. And if you do know everything, then you probably probably don't. So. Yeah, you just haven't <laughs> yeah. got a clue that you don't know anything yeah. at all. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, that's, that's yeah. a very helpful piece of um, advice to people. Um, mm. All right, well, look, it's been a wee while we've been on. Uh, I don't know what to say other than thank you, Chris, Black Dog Inc. No worries, Good thank amazing. you. I'd love thank to come you. and see your, your print shop sometime. You're yeah, anytime. Hours, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it. And it's not too bad. The the mountain's got a few closed roadwork sections, but it's it's pretty flowy. Are we, so, are we talking about the Oxley Highway or via? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I I would go the Oxley Highway. Would uh, you? Yeah, it, hardcore. Yeah, that's man. the way I went up. I actually like driving the mountain. Really? So, oh. Yeah. It's it's, uh, uh, it's like this for like to, an hour. It's just unreal. yeah. Yeah. I have to check myself. You know, you got the family in the car. Slow down, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> They're already the vomit. So, yeah, mm, but about three yeah. hours, three and a half hours or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. just under three and a half, I think. So, um, yeah, it's, it is a good drive. Other than that mountain, it's a yeah. it's a nice drive. So, yeah, yeah anytime, welcome to pop in. We'll um, yeah, we. Who knows? We might end up back up that way and getting another yeah. pup for another family member soon. So, yeah, we'll see. yeah no, that'd be good. <laughs> Love to see it. Mm. Chris, thanks very much. Please give my no uh, thanks also to Erin for setting all this up. Thanks for Will making do. the time and uh, look forward to catching up soon. No worries. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for having all us. Right. Take care. Thanks, mate. Bye.